You're listening to the Revision Path Podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice Cherry. Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry, and before we get into this week's interview, I want to talk about our sponsors, MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. MailChimp is the premier email service provider choice for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Join more than 7 million people who use MailChimp to design and send 500 million emails every day. And of course, with the holidays coming up, you want to make sure that you go ahead and get on those holiday mailing campaigns to your clients and things like that. So go ahead and sign up today. Get that free account at MailChimp.com. You need a new domain for your next project? Check out Hover. Each domain comes with free private domain registration, unlimited domain forwarding, and world-class customer support. So go ahead and grab yourself a domain today and use the promo code GIVETHANKS and save 10% off your purchase. Creative Market sells graphics, fonts, themes, photos, and more starting at only $2 per item. They give away a selection of free goods every week, and they've got great bundle promotions every month. And if you see something else that you like while you're there, use our promo code REVISIONPATH and save 20% off your purchase. Here's our Patreon fundraising campaign. We're still holding steady at 27 patrons right now for a combined total of $192 per month. Again, a huge thanks to all of you that have already pledged your support and appreciation for the show. If you want to become a patron of Revision Path and get access to some great perks like special giveaways, early access to future episodes, and free Revision Path swag, head on over to patreon.com forward slash revision path and make that happen. Pledge levels are super affordable. They start at just $1 per month. Now on to this week's interview. I talked with Gabrielle Smith from The New Black. Let's start the show. All right. So tell us who you are and what you do. I'm Gabrielle Smith. I'm a graphic designer and also founder of arts and culture platform, The New Black. Tell me about The New Black. How did you get the idea to start that? I started The New Black in 2008 but I had the idea or somewhere along the lines of the idea when I was at um, university, just going through all the people who we were studying. And then in my final year, wondering whether or not there was like a color issue in the design, like in the field of design and wondering why, wondering if your back, your cultural upbringing has an effect on the work that you produce as a designer. So that's what kind of led me to start finding people who are in a similar position for me. And then that's how the new black came to be about. That's such an interesting thing, I think, for uh, designers of color, figuring out if slash how much of your cultural identity plays into sort of the work that you do. I know that's something that I asked another British designer, John Daniel. I believe his parents are from Barbados, I believe. Yeah, I think he's half Grenadian as well, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. And I remember asking him sort of that same thing about do you feel that your your kind of Caribbean heritage has has helped influence your design style and your design work? Because a lot of, I think, what people are taught with design doesn't necessarily come from people of color. No, like it comes from a, a strict like European sort of pedagogy. Yeah. So. Well, I guess I could ask you that. How much has, has culture influenced your design work? I think it depends who I'm designing for. I think you can, I don't, I'm not actually, maybe I'm not aware that, that it's happening, but I think especially, I guess with the new black, I try the design that I do. I tend to have quite a clean style 
but I still think I try to I tend to like add elements of like my culture in there but still keep it quite clean so I think there is an influence but I think that's just that's just on purpose because I want to marry the two things together like my culture and my design upbringing so that's like a purposeful thing that I do so I think yes it does so you mentioned your your parents are Grenadian is there any I guess when I think about design styles or design cues or anything what to you would you say is sort of particularly Grenadian like if you had to pick a symbol that represents Grenada for design I think there are quite a lot of things that are like quintessentially Caribbean what Mm -hmm. would I say is Grenadian I wouldn't say there's like design wise nothing but in terms of like imagery the one image that comes to mind is like carnival like the folklore and traditions during carnival I think that could be something that's quite specifically Grenadian they have this character called a jab jab and it's people, they basically cover themselves in oil and they have horns and they like march down the street and they're really menacing. And I know other islands have something similar, but I know that jab jabs are quite specific to Grenada. So that's the one thing for me that kind of sticks out. But in terms of design, I can't really think of anything. I don't think there's anything quintessentially Grenadian. Not that I can put my finger on at the moment anyway. Okay. So since you started the new black, what have you learned? What would you say you've learned? There are lots of people out there who are in the same kind of situation as me who are kind of, I guess, trying to marry two things together and how they're doing that. I don't necessarily know if they found the answer, but I know that they're kind of questioning and the work that they're producing is kind of like their way of experimenting and challenging the questions that they have culturally and how they marry those two things together. So I think that's mostly what I've learned. So do you feel like, I guess, that culture then shapes the design? Yeah, I think so. I think there tend to be a lot of people who I know of who are interested in seeing how they can marry, I guess, their design education and their cultural upbringing and how they can feed those two things together. I've seen quite a lot of work and heard a lot of talks from people who are kind of like my age, who are constantly, who are always talking about wanting to marry the two together and how do they fit and how do they keep the traditions that they were raised with but also how do they kind of break the rules and create their own rules in a way so how that kind of looks one thing that i noted while going through your website and going through the new black as well is that you really seem to be a big fan of creative collaboration like working with other creatives to make something bigger what are some of the collaborations that you've done to date I guess the most prominent, maybe two prominent ones have been the More Than XY exhibition that we did in 2012. And that was focused on um, an exhibition looking at the role of black fathers and positive male role models, which got really, really great feedback. And then also the Do the Right Thing 25th anniversary celebration that we did in London last year. That was really, really good. I like, couldn't have asked for a better day. We had like a film and then a party and then it was also the World Cup. So we showed a couple of the football games. It was really great vibe, great atmosphere, lots of good music and people generally really enjoyed themselves. So that was another um, creative collaboration that we've done as well. That's so interesting because to do the right thing is such, I mean, I feel like it's such a quintessentially kind of New York thing, but to see that, that you all are celebrating it and I guess also finding something in it in the UK is really interesting. Yeah, too. I think there are a lot of 
watching the film back, I know we'd actually spoken to some people who were featured in like the video that we published, and a lot of them were saying that even though it was 25 years ago and filmed in New York, there are issues in the film which are still relevant to today and what's going on, kind of especially like in East London and places like Brixton where like gentrification and and all that kind of thing. So yeah, finding a way those two things kind of relate to each other. So I think that's what resonated. And obviously like the style and the fashion and the language and all that kind of thing, um, I think still resonates with people outside of New York. So in Britain, I mean, because you're working with, you know, so many different people and and making these kind of creative collaborations, what's the like creative scene like in London for you? Is there like a specific black British creative scene or anything like that? I think there is a creative scene. I know that a lot of black designers who I know, they know of each other, but I wouldn't necessarily say that from the outside, you'll be like, okay, cool. These are the people who are in that kind of scene. Cause I don't think that, I don't know if they've ever been like grouped together collectively. There was an article that came out a couple of weeks ago and it highlighted some people in like the black creative scene. And I know quite a few of them. But I think that that may be like one of the first articles that I've seen where it's actually like coined a term for this collective mass of black creators. I definitely think that they do exist. Who are some of the black creatives uh, over there that we need to know about? Could be a long list. <laughs> um, yeah, like who's, who's on the, your, who's on your radar most, right now? I guess the most well-known would, or one of the most well-known would be Cecilia Mike who's the director of Strolling and Aki and Saltfish. John Daniel, Inua Ellums, he's a poet and graphic designer. Yemi Michael, another filmmaker. Quirksville, they're a creative duo and illustrators. Lulu Kitalolo, she's a blogger at Afri Love and she also has her own design agency. Also Abby Wright, another graphic designer. She's actually puts on the African and Afro-Caribbean Design Diaspora Festival. And obviously, also John Daniel as well. So those are some names that come off the top of my head when I think of like prominent black designers in the UK scene. Okay. Let's go back a little bit to the new black. I'm really kind of interested, you know, not just in the platform, but also the people and the things that you are, are kind of showcasing through there. What would you say has kind of been your biggest accomplishment or highlight that you've gotten from the blog? I think um, sustaining it has been my biggest accomplishment. I think when I started, I didn't really have any kind of idea of what it would be or where it would go or who I would meet from it. So I think just the experiences that I've had, primarily based off me starting the site, that I think that has been my biggest accomplishment. And I guess one of my favourite interviews that I was able to do was with the designer of the Grenadian flag. I like went to his house and his wife was there and they were both really, really nice. And he said he checked my site out and he really liked it. And it was just really, just like a really big honor for me to meet someone who's like a fellow Grenadian and also a graphic designer and to hear about the story behind how he designed this flag and they like lost his entry. And then he had a road named after him and there was like a big celebration. So I think that for me, was like a personal highlight, but just the experience that I've had and people that I've met through the site, I think that's been the biggest accomplishment for me. Let's go back a little bit further. I'm, I'm interested to really kind of know what it was like for you when you were in school, because you said this is where you really got the idea to start 
the new black. Mm -hmm. Tell us where you went to school and what you studied. I went to the University of Creative Arts in Epsom. I was there from 2003 to 2006 and studied graphic design, new media. We we were actually only the second year to do the course, so it was still quite new and quite experimental in terms of like the mediums that we were able to learn. There was a like a traditional graphic design course, but ours was more experimental. So we touched on like film, animation, video, photography, illustration. So I think that in terms of me being more of a generalist in terms of my design skills and interests, I think that's probably where that kind of comes from. Do you feel like it really prepared you once you got out into the working world? No, I don't think it did. <laughs> no, I don't think it did. I think... Um, oh, <laughs> I think, no, that's honest. That's yeah, honest to say. I think, yeah. uh, and I don't know if this is like this at other design schools in terms of what they prepare you for and the reality of what actually happens when you leave design school. I think in your final year, you're kind of like, when I get out, I'm immediately going to get a job and I'm going to start my design career and this is going to happen. I think it actually, for I know there are, I'd say, maybe one or two people who I know from my year who graduated probably either already had jobs lined up or immediately became designers. But I'd say the majority of people either didn't go on to study design or went into something completely different just because of the time it took to find a job and get your foot in the door. I think that's the reality that I think maybe they could have prepared us for. But I don't know how you would go about doing that. But I think that was definitely, um, I think, quite a big shock for me and for other people I know who were in my year at the time. So what was your, I guess, first job after you graduated? I think it might have been being a receptionist, I think. I mean, okay. I did I did do, like, odd freelance jobs. Like, I contacted a ton of people via MySpace and was like, can I design you a flyer? But not, not like, a, a proper, proper design job. But, yeah, I was probably, like, a receptionist, worked in retail. Yeah, just odd jobs until I got my first design job. Yeah, I was pretty much the same way. I mean, I went to school for math and... When I graduated, I could not find a job. Yeah. I sold tickets at the symphony. I was a, a telemarketer for a while, a customer service agent. I think it took me two years after I graduated before I found my first like design job. Yeah, that's the same with me. But like I've ne- but like I've never had a job in my field since I graduated, and I graduated in two thousand three. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's diff- it's kind of like we don't we want a junior but you need to have experience it's like where do i get the experience i've got my portfolio. oh yeah that's... Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> what experience i don't have any i need this job i'm like the lowest level possible please help me i'll do anything right, you're, you're getting the job to get the experience. yeah exactly yeah yeah so that could that <laughs> tend to be frustrating it's like you don't have any experience like i know this this is why i want the job so kind of, I guess, you know, riffing off that a little bit, what's something important that you know now that you never learned in school? About rejection. Okay. Just, I guess being told no quite a lot in terms of applying for jobs and thinking, okay, cool, I really have this. And then it's like, okay, no, you don't have enough experience. And I think that can, I think when you're starting out, that could be quite a blow to you. But I think as you get on and you kind of like build up a tough skin you're like it's not the be all and end all like your life isn't going to end because someone told you you didn't get the job like there's other jobs and I think it also instills in you the need to create your own things and not always rely on somebody hiring you to create a project that you can be a self-starter and find other people 
that you can collaborate with to create your own projects. So you're not always waiting on someone to to like help you up. You're kind of building building up things yourself. And I guess also the, the fact that you don't have any experience at all, what I found is that if you've built something yourself without being hired to do it, I think companies are kind of interested in that because they can see that you have initiative. So I think that's one of the things that I didn't learn in school that I've learned just outside of that. Yeah, there's a saying that, I'm trying to remember how it goes. It says that in every one of life's inconveniences, there's a new business waiting to be born. So like how you're saying, like there's these little things that that can pop up that end up being these kind of creative inspirations. Was that kind of what the new black was for you at the time? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't know. It's something that it kind of stuck with me. Just things would happen at university and I would always be thinking about, oh, okay, what are the people who kind of looked like me in the design? Like, are there people who were prominent designers, people of color who have made um, an impact on the design world? Who are they and why am I not learning about them now? So that kind of was what kind of started it off for me. Do you think that's getting better? Like, do you think that students now are learning or is it still kind of the same thing? I don't know. I actually started speaking to some students from a university in London. And I think they, the comment is still kind of the same. They're still kind of learning about the same kinds of people. Maybe it's changing now because there's a lot more information online. So maybe the access to that information and people of colour who are in the design industry it is kind of getting better. But in terms of what they're actually learning in their curriculum, it's still kind of the same, which is a shame. I don't know how that's going to change or if that's going to change but it would be interesting to see it would be interesting to see that implemented because I think it's important is that sort of conversation and things happening right now in the UK in what in terms of diversity yeah yeah i think there are a lot of conversations happening about diversity and lots of reports coming out about how bad it is and this happening and lots of people and it going down and there's lots of talk but i'm not sure if there's enough action or if people generally know how to tackle it in the best way because I think it's Mm -hmm. obviously for people who it affects this has been an issue for them for a really long time but I guess for people who are just joining the diversity conversation the tendency is to it's almost as though people are people are almost scared they don't want to do the wrong thing so let's throw some money at it and let's find this black people and let's just pick up people they're not really thinking about it or I'm not sure how genuine it is, whether or not they're actually invested in what it means to have a diverse workforce or how important it is to have other viewpoints apart from your own. So I'll be interested to see what it looks like in maybe like two or three years time when they finish having the conversations that actually trying to implement things. So yeah, I'm interested to see what that looks like. So how did you first get started in design? Were you always interested in it before you went to college? Yeah, I've been interested in design since I was since I was really, really young. My dad was an IT teacher and my mum, she worked in care, but she had a kind of like creative background. So I think I married the two things together. I've like been around computers since I was like four or five years old. So I always had an interest in like graphic design and like art and going to museums and things like that. So yeah, had an interest in it for, from quite a young age. What skills do you think somebody that is is like just coming into this industry, maybe they are listening to this interview, they're like, you know what, I want to be like Gabrielle. What kind of skills do you think they need to have in this industry to really, you know, kind of make a mark? A tough skin, 
and I guess a, a healthy sense of curiosity always be wanting to create things and ask questions and want to find out how things are made and taking things apart and just yeah just a healthy sense of curiosity and a tough skin those are the two things I think will help you what is the best advice that someone's given you <laughs> I've been given quite a lot of advice actually but I can't remember one thing that's really terrible I guess to trust your gut and trust your instincts like you know your I guess you know your ability and know your design skills so just to push yourself I think that's the best advice that's the best advice that I've been given because I think sometimes as a designer depending on who you're working with you're so used to I think you sometimes get used to being talked out of what you know Mm -hmm. so then when you do want to produce work you're like oh I'm not really sure if it's good enough or and you know that I think deep down you know that it is, but because you're so used to having people say, oh, no, this isn't good enough, this isn't what I want, I think you kind of doubt yourself. So I think to trust your gut, I think that's the best advice that I've been given. What was your kind of big break into the industry? I know you said that you worked some retail jobs and things. What was your first, I guess, design job that you did? Uh, My first major design job was working for ITV News in the UK my sister actually worked at the company before I started so she um, let me know about the position um, and then I started as a trainee and then kind of worked my way up so that was my big break into the industry but news broadcast news is is a different kind of beast it's it is design but it's from like a more broadcast and newsy background so it's a lot more fast paced and not necessarily so creative it does have a creative element but you're usually working within quite strict brand guidelines so yeah you do have to be quite fast paced and I remember when I first started I was like oh I'm just gonna sit here and take my time and do things and I learned the hard way so I definitely think in terms of like my speed and turnaround time my experience at ICV has definitely helped in terms of like my quickness and being able to turn things around in time because it's quite a high it's quite a high pressure environment which I think can be quite different from perhaps a design studio. Have you had any mentors or anything that have really kind of helped you out along the way? Yeah, I'd say my he doesn't work there anymore, but my old creative director at ICV News, he was really, really good in terms of just being there as a design mentor and like giving me advice and making sure that I was being pushed in the right direction and taking training and really like when he could see that I was making a mess of things like taking me aside and being just being honest with me and saying like what's going on and like looking out for me so yeah I'd say that he was probably one of my design mentors and just generally people who not necessarily who were older than me, but other designers who I say are kind of like off my generation. They're not necessarily mentors, but I definitely go to them for advice and just to like bounce ideas with them. So they've all been really, really helpful as well. Okay. What kind of work were you doing at ITV? I was doing mostly motion graphics. I did start helping them out um, on their web design side, particularly more on their social media because they restarted their website a few years ago so yeah motion graphics social media and a little bit of set design as well so I know we're kind of you know talking about mentors and things like that if you could imagine like the perfect ideal mentor what would they do for you like what would you need them to do for you I guess be honest with me be honest with me and I guess take a look at try and 
help me consolidate all of the ideas that I have in my head. I think that's what I'd like a mentor to do for me, also help me with. <laughs> what are the next steps of growth for you and for the new black? I think next steps for me, I've always tried to balance my design side and the new black as two different things. But I think the next steps for me is seeing how I can merge the two things together and see how I can utilize the new black um, and the experience that I have as a designer to kind of move forward as like one as like one whole thing rather than two separate things. So walk me through like a typical day for you. What do you do from day to day? At the moment, I'm working freelance for an initiative called SH24, which is a sexual health an online sexual health site and they basically post test kits to you and then you post them back so it's really quite innovative they've got really really cool branding so I've been helping them out for the past couple of weeks doing motion graphics graphic design a little bit of design for social media so quite a big mix of things so that's what I've been mostly doing for the past three weeks all right are there any personal projects that you're working on that you might want to share Yes, I'm working on some more exhibitions to happen in 2016. That's all I can say at the moment. But I'm working on putting those together and also spending more time in Grenada because I'd really like to put on something that profiles the creatives in Grenada. So working on doing that and more exhibitions in 2016. Would you say that you're satisfied creatively? Yes, I would say that I'm satisfied creatively. (laughs) Okay. Is there anyone in particular that you look up to for inspiration? I mean, you mentioned this former manager that you have, but is there anyone else? I think that the people who I've interviewed on my site, they inspire me. I think that that they've probably been one of the biggest inspirations for me creatively. Just to continue on as a designer and continue on pursuing the new black, I think they've probably been the biggest inspiration for me. So what kind of keeps you motivated? I mean, you're doing all this stuff through the new black. What fuels you? What drives you to keep, you know, doing this day in, day out? Always having unanswered questions and seeing small things that then inspire other things. I'm like, okay, cool. I've seen this. What about if this happens? Like, I guess this sense of the possibility of creating things that I haven't seen before, but I know that I would kind of like to do and other people would kind of be inspired from so I think yeah the sense of possibility and just being able to do whatever I want and finding people who I know who can help me do that but who are the people that you look up to like for for that inspiration I guess other other designers and other creatives okay yeah so how do you approach a new project I mean say you get something from a client about a website do you have like a particular procedure that you go through how does it all work I usually spend time speaking with the client about what it is that they want, what they don't want, if they've seen things that they like, and I guess note down specifics and that be the information that I then go on to do research on and then come back with initial ideas, but always having a constant flow of communication between myself and the client so we're not kind of like getting lost somewhere. So yeah, that's usually how I start off. Where do you see yourself, let's say, in the next five years or so? I like to see myself split, my time split between London and Grenada and possibly the US, either working remotely or just spending like a block of time in each place. And then I think 
maybe running my own creative agency or something similar to that, where I'm doing either consulting or working with other clients or corporations. Wow, that's definitely a lot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is kind of your, your dream project? If, if money was no object, what would you want to work on? I'd like to run a series of pop-up events, but have them be traveling. So them happen in different cities where I collaborate with artists who I may know in the city or who I've interviewed on the New Black and have pop-up events where I like interview them or have gallery spaces or events happen. So I think that's probably what I would do if money was no object. Okay. All right. So does knowing, I guess, what you're going to do in those next five years, does that fill you with excitement or with fear? <laughs> a healthy dose of both, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely a, a healthy, um, I think... <laughs> I think initially mostly fear, but then I think, yeah, excitement. I think it's, a, it's probably maybe one of my biggest, maybe one of my biggest challenges, I think. So, yeah, seeing how I combat that fear and move forward will be interesting. If you weren't a designer, what do you think you'd be doing? I don't know. I never actually thought about it. I've always wanted to be a designer. Is that a bit of a cop-out? <laughs> Yeah, no, I've always wanted to be a designer. I don't think I could have been, I don't think I could have been anything else. Do you ever feel dissatisfied with your work? Yeah, I think sometimes I have a tendency to go full throttle, like right at the beginning and can sometimes suffer from burnout. So I think sometimes I, um, if I look at something too long, then I, kind of tend to like pick at it and say oh this could have been better and sometimes it's better for me to like put the work out there and then leave it and not to to kind of pick it I could be my own worst enemy a biggest critic at sometimes I think that sometimes makes me feel dissatisfied with it what triggers that I guess maybe like a sense of wanting to be a perfectionist and making sure that everything is right but that never really happens I don't think anything okay. you can do can ever be perfect. It can be really, really good, but I don't think I don't think you can ever really attain perfection in that sense. I got you. All right. So I want you to complete this this question for me because sort of like you said before, you've always kind of had this interest in design. So I may already know the answer, but if your childhood self could see the work that you're doing now, what would she think? If I could give myself advice, like my younger self advice, I would just be just to kind of like trust yourself, know that you have the ability to do the things that you want to do. All right. Is there anything at the moment that is like really exciting or inspiring you? Like it doesn't have to be, you know, just what you're doing with the new black, but anything in particular. I've been listening to quite a bit of major laser over the past couple of days and I really, really like their graphics. So I was reading up interviews with their graphic designer. I've forgotten his name, which is really, really terrible. But yeah, I was reading up interviews and watching a lot of their videos. I really like the kind of animated style that they have along with their videos. So yeah, I've been reading up about Major Lazer's graphic designer. All right. Well, Gabrielle, just to kind of wrap things up, where can our audience find out more about you and about your work and everything online? You can find my personal website is heygabby.com. So H-E-Y-G-A-B-I.com. You can also find me at thenewblack.com, so T-H-E-N-U-B-L-K.com, and the same Instagram and Twitter as well. All right. Sounds good. Well, Gabrielle Smith, thank you again so much for taking time out of your day for talking with me about sort of how you started The New Black. I've known about The New Black for a long time, of course, 
the new Black is a Black Weblog Award winner. Just, yeah. I created the Black Weblog Award. Awesome. So, I've, I've, so I've been a fan of, of just your work. And, and it's just so good to see your growth and also just talk with you about kind of what you've got in store in the future and everything like that. So thank you again so much. I really do appreciate Great. it. Thanks very much for having me. Thoughts of love are And that's it for this week. Big thanks to Gabrielle Smith and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Gabrielle and her work through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com. Thanks, of course, as always, to our sponsors, MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. When it comes to email marketing, MailChimp makes it simple. They've got great reporting features, new and improved autoresponders, and you can send 12,000 emails to 2,000 subscribers for free. No contracts and no credit card required. Check them out at MailChimp.com. Hover's the best way to buy and manage domain names, and they give you exactly what you need to get the job done. Get yourself a new domain or transfer your current domains to Hover, and you can save 10% off your first purchase by using the promo code GIVETHANKS at checkout. And lastly, there's Creative Market, a marketplace that sells beautiful, ready-to-use design content from thousands of independent creators from around the globe. Head over to creativemarket.com, pick up those six free goods that are available for free every week, and if you see something else that you like while you're there, use our discount code REVISIONPATH and save 20% off your purchase. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro is by Music Man Dre with intro and outro audio by Yellow Speaker. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us get new listeners, helps bump us up in those iTunes rankings, and I'll even read your review right here on the show. Revision Path is a 318 media project. If you like the work we're doing with the podcast and the website, then visit us over at Patreon and become a patron. Just go to patreon.com forward slash revision path and pledge your support. Pledge levels are super affordable. They start at just $1 per month, and you'll get access to behind-the-scenes information about the show, upcoming interviews, and so much more. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>